Yeah, no Kyle Draper today. Flew into Houston today. That's all right. Uh, we we got that side of the uh, desk covered here because nice enough to join us once again. All-time Kings icon, the one and only Jerry Reynolds. JR, welcome back to the show. Thanks for helping us out today. Yeah, I'm glad I could. You know, it's always a lot of fun. Uh, certainly uh, when I can be on the show with you or listen to you and Kyle or, mm-hmm. you know, it's a uh, it's a kind of a thrill. Wow. You know, not a big well, one. Not a big. A little one. bit. Just a little. Take bit. that. I'll take that. Uh, so Jerry and I with you. I mean, the plan is the next four hours, but I know you know four hours is a long time, Jerry. And got to be honest with you, I had today. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I still got the. Uh, I had two uh, vaccinations today, so hopefully I'll make it through four hours. But you know, two and a half hours in, if I start to keel over, uh, you know. yeah, nothing to worry about because there'll be a dead air if that happens. <laughs> As I'm walking out the door. <laughs> okay. But I'm sure we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. We'll be fine. And I know right now we have, uh, you know, monitors on uh, on the wall here. And NBA TV is replaying that game last night. Uh, the Spurs against the Suns. And I know just talking to you briefly before the show today, that game made quite an impression on not only you, but a lot of people around the league. But how about that Wimbanyama? Well, he, he was absolutely great. Uh, you know, and I'd been one of those people that had watched him because just out of interest and certainly you could see the potential and and I was the one who said well in about two or three years he you know you'll probably see a real major game changer well I saw it mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. last night because he did I, it with the game on the line right in the game fourth on quarter. the line and Phoenix had come back really from a big deficit to tie it and he just kind of took over the game I mean it I, I can't think of a rookie being any more impressive uh, other than LeBron James, but I'd put him in that category, mm-hmm. really, the, of the potential that he has. He's just uh, such a unique player. Sometimes players come along and they seem to be hybrids of one type of player and another. Uh, you know, like uh, the way Magic was like a 6'9 point guard, and then LeBron had some of that too. Wimbanyama is, I don't know, a 7'4 point guard. It's just I don't recall anybody who had the skill level he had. We've seen bigs that could – you know, handle a little bit, pass, but he seems to be taking all of that to a level we've never seen before. Yeah, you know, really, I think the uh, best way to describe it, he's a seven foot four player. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he's just a basketball. He's not limited by his size. He is not limited by his size, and certainly, but it's a clear advantage most of the time. But uh, yeah, he's a one of one if 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 there ever has been. Mm-hmm. So. How would you, uh, if you're coaching up your team, you're playing against him. How how are you advising your post player to guard him? Well, I don't know that I'd guard him with a post player. <laughs> ah, uh-huh. You know, I think I'd rather – I'd prefer putting my best big wing on him and just see, you know, because at least you could affect his ball handling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then if if he wants to go inside and shoot over top, well, he'd shoot over top of your center anyway. Yeah. So might as well not worry about that. And you can always double him in the post. Yeah. So I, I would definitely think in terms of putting putting somebody like Keegan Murray on him and, and just seeing how it goes. How good is a guy like that for the NBA? Isn't it incredible? You know, every so often you get the guy, the next one, sometimes they don't live up to the hype LeBron did. And so far, so far this French guy's doing it too. Yeah, you know, he's, a, you know, every, I always say about every generation, there's that one special guy. And I think, you know, of course, LeBron's in his 20th year or so. Wow. And I, so it's been, you know, two decades. And, and I think of all the good rookies that have come through the league in the last – None, none have been like LeBron, or I don't think any have been like this guy. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just probably good timing as some of the great players, older players, are starting to, to kind of phase out. 
Wemby's ahead of schedule, it would appear. Do you think maybe the the Spurs are? I always get carried away with this. So I watch them and they win a couple games and I'm thinking, oh, they're gonna they're gonna be a playoff team. I mean, do you think there's a chance that that team is ahead of schedule with him this year? I think they are. You know, I mean, I think uh, Coach Pop had basically this most of the same guys last year and they played hard every night, you know. And uh, you know, I think he you know, he figured out a way to take some of them out when they were when they, <laughs> at yeah. winning at winning time sometime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, he had some nice pieces there and they you know, and, and I think they've bought in and yeah, I think they're I think you have to take them pretty serious. Yeah, it's interesting, huh? Because last year if you weren't watching closely, it seemed like they just had a bunch of guys. But now you realize Wow, Keldon Johnson's a good player. Devin Vassell's a good player. Zach Collins is a good player. Yeah, yeah. You know, Zach, of course, was injured for a couple of years, but he's a great fit with him because he'll do the kind of the dirty work a little Isn't bit. Isn't he the guy that the Kings could have drafted, but they ended up with Harry Giles? Well, that's they yeah. When the they traded or, yeah. that pick and got three picks, and yeah, he he was the tenth pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was other guys that. Could, Donovan Mitchell was 13. Sure. But so, you know, it's always that way, though. But yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, with, well, with Harry and then, uh, guys, the North Carolina kid, uh, uh, I was trying to think who that was. They, they got, was Jeff, Jefferson, jo- Jackson. Uh, J- oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, gosh. JJ. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, JJ. You know, because not, not he was always one of those guys that, you know, everybody said, boy, in a few years, he's really going to be good. And I was thinking, no, he's not. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wish he was, but uh, yeah. Because you know. remember, the company line was they got him, and then they got De'Aaron Fox from Kansas, and then they got uh, Frank. No, Frank. They got De'Aaron Frank, Fox from Kentucky. Frank Jackson. From, yeah. So uh, it's like all oh, the all the, the yeah, blue blood programs. Yeah, Justin yeah. Jackson, Frank, Frank uh, Mason, Mason. Yeah. And then Harry Giles, you know, yeah, all the Dukey, Duke, Carolina. Yeah, it's like, wow, look at that. Yeah, yeah. look at that. Boy, the, but, you know, every, every player on those uh, franchises really aren't pros. Yeah, and I hope De'Aaron Fox isn't watching. I apologize for saying he went to Kansas for a minute there. Pardon me. Um, were you more, Jerry, were you more encouraged or discouraged by how that game against the Warriors went? Ultimately, and it took me a while to sort through it, so I was so frustrated with another narrow loss to the Warriors, but I do think, honestly, I was more encouraged by the fact that they seem to be playing better defense than I was discouraged by the loss. How about you? Well, you're always discouraged by the loss. I mean, because I thought the Kings deserved to win, or certainly as much as the Warriors did. And to the Warriors' credit, they made the shot that final shot. Right. But but I thought, yeah, to your point, I I thought the defense was outstanding. You know, I think Coach Brown made some adjustments that really did make a difference. And, you know, playing without your guaranteed 25, 30-point guy, uh, a lot of guys stepped up. The shooting wasn't good. And I think that's another encouraging point, to have a chance to win when you really aren't shooting well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, or guys you're counting on shooting well didn't. And, and uh, so, so all in all, I mean, to my mind is you could you can see where, where the Kings uh, have a chance to be as good or better than last year. Uh, real quick here, since we were just talking about it, 2017 NBA draft, Markel Fultz, number one, Alonzo, uh, two, and then Tatum, third, uh, Josh Jackson to the Suns, then De'Aaron Fox to the Kings, Jonathan Isaac to Orlando with the sixth pick, seventh pick was uh, Markinen, Frank Nielakina was the eighth pick, I thought he was going to be good, not yet, but we'll see, Dennis Smith Jr., Zach Collins was 10th, the 11th pick by the Charlotte Hornets was Malik Monk. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Luke Kennard, 12th. Donovan Mitchell, 13th. Bam Adebayo, 14th. And then uh, Justin Jackson, uh, Portland Trailblazers, traded to the Kings. Justin Patton, DJ Wilson, TJ Leaf, John Collins, Harry Giles, 20th uh, to the Kings. OG Ananobi, OG Ananobi, pardon me, was 23rd in that draft. And uh, Derek White was 29th. So um, that draft didn't turn out exactly the way teams expected it to but that they they rarely do they almost never do and uh yeah you know look at a guy like Derek white you know talk about a guy who'd be a perfect fit on this team uh big long defensive minded guard that can uh, score but that's of course that's why mm-hmm. boston loves him yeah and by the way with the 57th pick second round the brooklyn nets selected sasha vizankov that year Wow. How about that? How about that? Yeah. yeah. When is he going to – I hate to be impatient, Jerry. When is Sasha going to start making more shots? What's – Well, I, I yeah, that's a great point. I, I think you have to be patient. I'm going to give him probably 30, 30 games uh, just to see – give him a chance to really fit into the league because it's an adjustment for European players. Like I say, I you know saw Pager go through it, uh, Hedo go through it. Mm-hmm. The, the league – you know, I can't say it's as – as much more talented as some people might think, but it, it's a lot faster game. Yeah. And so the European players are really used to playing more structured basketball, more play sets and more zone defenses. So, it, so it's a definite adjustment, even for the good ones. Kyle Draper and I were talking to Henry Turner a couple nights ago, uh, as he got ready for game night and Henry Turner said, sometimes it looks to him like Sasha Zomos has released us too quick. Like, he's not even getting the ball set in his hands before he's letting it fly. I don't know. I think it's it's a good point. I mean, that, that has surprised me. But I, I kind of saw that in Europe as well, watching some of those games. I mean, it's games. incredible. I mean, he, it is go- once it touches – leather touches his fingers, <laughs> it's on the way. Yeah. He just reroutes it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a tip. Uh, Frank Mason the third was the Kings – uh, second round pick, 34th pick in that draft. And another, we're talking about this 2017 draft. Um, the uh, Let's see. I'm, I had it here a minute ago. It was Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Dylan Brooks actually drafted technically by the Rockets with the 45th pick. So, well, they got um, him back. So. Yeah, and the Kings probably going to have their hands full with him this weekend. Or yeah, yeah, tomorrow you know, night, Monday. Yeah, he's uh, certainly helped that Rockets team. I mean, I think they're you know getting Fred Van Vliet and uh, – and Dylan Brooks, you know, getting a couple of veterans in there and a new coach. Uh, I, I think uh, they're going to be much improved. I don't know that they can be a playoff team, but much improved. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, up for questions today? If anybody on the chat or the text line or they want to call in with questions oh, for Jerry? Absolutely. I just don't can't promise I can answer them. 339 <laughs> uh, 1-800-920-1140. If you got any questions for the great Jerry Reynolds today, we'll be right back with a look at how the Kings can win without De'Aaron Fox and how long they might have to try to do that. It's uh, the Drive Guys, Jerry Reynolds in today. Today featuring Jerry Reynolds with Kyle Draper. And they should be in Houston by now, right? They left this morning, so they're probably yeah, oh, in town now. So, yeah. Yeah. And I know the Kings, they were supposed to practice as soon as they landed. That's what Kyle told me yesterday. Also today, De'Aaron Fox is having his number retired at his high school. Yeah, being that's, a Texas guy. That's great. Yeah. yeah, you know, obviously I can't imagine somebody – from his high school being better, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure he came out of a good high school, but the career he's had, uh, yeah, get it retired. And someday maybe the Kings will retire as well. Yeah. I was very proud, Jerry, when I played at Hogan high school in Vallejo and they 
when I was done, they gave me the jersey, and I thought they were going to hang it up. They said, no, we need you to wash it. It's, <laughs> take it home. You, you didn't wash it well enough. So, oh, well. You never yeah, know. no, no. That's, that's, uh, so you didn't make a lasting impression <laughs> no, is what you're saying. I didn't. I didn't. Speaking of lasting impressions, uh, some people are in the text line are wondering if Wimbanyama is becoming the player that Willie Cauley-Stein thought he always was. What do you think? What do you think of that? Well, uh, that's a great question because uh, <laughs> Willie did have a high opinion of his gift yeah. and talent and uh, didn't seem to match up very well. That was, as mm-hmm. Willie, as it turned out, Willie turned out to be another lottery mistake. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, yeah. well. Yeah. But, uh, didn't he, he thought he was Porzingis. I remember him calling himself a unicorn, and but he just. Well, uh, he kind of was. It just wasn't the way he thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, Willie. You know, it's a shame because he he did have enough talent to be a productive, at least eighth, tenth man kind of guy. But I just don't think he could ever handle that. Hey, we got some great questions for you rolling in here. Uh, let's see, Dwayne Baker, Jerry. What is your favorite non-Kings NBA moment in your career? Non-NBA. And if some of these we can circle back if you need time to ponder them, because I know that's encompasses a. Uh, a lot of time. Well, actually, probably my most exciting uh, basketball moment in my life was when I was in the uh, eighth grade and the Springs Valley Blackhawks beat the Vincennes Alices in a. So, uh, I'm sorry, the Alices. That's what they were called. Yeah, I don't, I don't have okay. you feel good about that, but that's what they were called. And uh-huh. Frankie, Frankie Self stole the ball to win in overtime, and 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 the. They went on to the Sweet 16 and later the Final Four in an open class Oh, system. but you weren't in that. You weren't No, no, that. I was just in eighth grade. I hadn't reached stardom yet. It would take the next year. Yeah, but you were an ultra fan. I, that's fan. when, yeah, I was always a fan, but that's when it, when it just, I knew I had to be involved in basketball. Uh-huh. I just yeah. had to. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, we were talking to Tim Roy last Friday when we were at the arena, and I was asking Tim Roy about his um, you know, lifelong love for basketball. And he said he was a kid. He was at the Boston Garden. And he said, I think I told you this when we did our pod this week, but he said, Connie Hawkins dunked over Dave Cowens and he was there and he said, that was it. I was hooked for life. Yeah, you know, it, it is like those things. I mean, obviously everybody would have a different thought on it, but what really strikes him, I mean, I'd certainly, you know, fallen in love with the game to some degree much younger, but that was the time when I just – you know, I was, I was old enough to know I could play pretty good. And, mm-hmm. Boy, I, I just had to play for the Springs Valley Blackhawks. You know, <laughs> I just had to. You don't want to play for the Alices? Yeah. It was <laughs> It's a strange – well, that in those days, Indiana high schools, for all the consolidations, they had some – all their nicknames would be based on something in town. Oh. And, and Vincennes, there was a, a, a bestseller, Alice of Old Vincennes. Oh, okay. That was a bestseller right. back in the 30s or yeah. something. And so they became the Vin, Vincennes Alices. I always say like the – I always remember once playing the Fort Branch High School, and they were the Fort Branch Twigs. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I – I, you know, I remember in the huddle, you know, talking guys we was walking out, and I said, let's go snap those twigs. <laughs> there you go. There you go. From Mojo916, Jerry, do you think Siakam would be a good fit for the Kings? I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, he's extremely lively, uh, has some – you know, small forward skills with power forward uh, skills and size. So, uh, honestly, he'd be ideal. It's like anything, just how much you'd have to give up for him. And I think that's the tough part. But I, I think he'd be an ideal fit. I've been a huge Siakam fan for a couple years now. But I kind of gave me pause when after last year, somebody asked Masai Ujiri, their GM, about 
Siakam and the way he played for them last year. And he said, we had a lot of guys that were way too selfish. And I just thought, wow. I mean, he's still on the team. It's not like they're blasting somebody that they traded. I was a little surprised that the GM threw him under the bus like that. Um, so now I'm, now I'm not as big of a Siakam fan as I was. Well, that, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a pause for concern, but then I always say, well, I watched him play on a world champion yeah. and be very valuable. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's other extenuating circumstances and, and maybe yeah. the GM is trying to cover for himself. <laughs> yeah, right. What Something. about his, uh, his teammate OG Anunobi, who in the offseason was linked to the Kings quite often. Yeah, I'm probably not as high on him as most fans. You know, I read all the blogs and this, that, and podcasts and this, that, and the other. And I think he's good, but he had he's not available all the time. He gets Which hurt a lot, and he's hurt not a, a great shooter, is he? He's a little up and, and down. Not, yeah, he do, he's kind of up and down. I mean, you know, there again, you'd like to have him, and I think he could improve you, but if you didn't have to give up too much, but I, I know – from what I've been told by some people, kind of, that what they're asking for, in my mind, would be way too much. Especially given that, if I'm not mistaken, both those guys are going to be free agents. Going to be free year. agents, and so you'd you'd want some assurances there. And I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest uh, question about Siakam because, uh, yeah, you know, you don't want to rent him. Yeah. No, it's just not worth it. Jerry in today uh, for Kyle. So we're answering some of your questions for Jerry. 339-1140, Manny, too legit. Says, question for Jerry. With the depth that we have, knowing we were so close to beating the Warriors without Fox, how much does that mean to this team, to nearly win against a good team without your best player? Well, I, I think, you know, the truth is they're probably very disappointed. They thought they could win and and played like it and expected to, even without Fox. Uh, but after it's all over with, I think it, they can look back and say, hey, our, our best score, best player wasn't available, and we we really had a chance to beat them. And, and Coach Brown, I really had an interesting defensive schemes mm-hmm. that I thought were very effective. Lots of and, zones and mixed so there's, in. And uh, so there's – I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, and you don't want to get caught up in the moral victory thing. But if there is such a thing, that might have been it. I would think at the very least it's not a moral victory, but the team knows now that without Fox we can still be very competitive. But they did seem to lose their way a little bit in the fourth quarter when he typically takes over offensively. Yeah, that, that's something that you can't replicate. I mean, I always said uh, certainly because as we've seen, I mean, Fox is, is – at his best in the fourth, and they really and they don't honestly have a guy that can do what he does. And so, you know, once the, not a it, lot of teams do, right? No, no. I think honestly, I I'd, I'd have to put him at certainly in one of the top five guards in the world right now. Wow, and uh, still improving potentially, and, and still getting better. You know, as he gets stronger, and uh, I think defensively has improved dramatically as well. Now we're seeing the three point shot a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's always been, for a big-time scorer, very unselfish. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm just becoming a – you know, a few years ago I wasn't as big a fan as I am now. I wasn't for sure if he's going to turn that corner, but he sure did. It, what did he do to turn the corner in your mind, just prove that he's dedicated to getting better, becoming a better player? Well, I think – I think uh, certainly I thought he was a bit to my mind, and, and, you know, he would disagree, of course, but I thought his first couple of years he was pretty soft. Mm-hmm. Really didn't – get into guys, which mm. he had the ability to do. And now we're seeing that. And I think as he's gotten better, what always happens, players, as they get better, know they're better. 
and they then the better you get the more you want to work to, to get keep getting better i mean that's kind of the mark of a a great one mm-hmm. and and i think that's why and he uh, being a great young talent realized well i've i've got to be better on both ends and and he is so you know most i always said most point guards uh, you know with the exception being you know magic johnson and a couple two or three through history uh it takes about three years mm-hmm. to for him to really kind of get it yeah and then you know with halliburton being so good it probably in a way uh, held him back a year too and not no no disrespect to Tyre. Tyrese goes Bobby Fox hurt him too. Yeah, yeah. They, they neither could be as good as they they could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to know what's really up? Yeah, we got Jerry all all afternoon here today on the Drive Guys. It's hard to know about a player's injury because obviously we don't see him, we don't talk to him, but we know that Darren Fox moderate ankle sprain. We know that he says he's still got some pain day to day. Based on what we know of ankle sprains, it does sound like if he were to play tomorrow, like that might be a little too soon. I kind of think so. I I'd certainly, you know, at this stage of the season, if it's the playoffs, you might look at it different. I know, and he would probably, but I know he wants to play. That's to his credit. Yes. But I would say, that, you know, if, if it's a little sore, a little tender, let's just wait a couple more days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you need him at 100% at some point if you're going to get anywhere near what you hope to accomplish. Yeah, and, and, the, and the fear of maybe – you know, kind of re-engineering it or damaging it to some degree to where, you know, it's not fully healed, you might set him back another week. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's one for you from Amadrock. Apparently went to Vallejo High School, huh? Okay. Jerry, who was the favorite player you coached and the least favorite? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you can take that anywhere you want, obviously. Yeah. Well, probably in the, uh, in the NBA, I mean, in – Certainly, I could go back in college and find difference, but I'll just stay with the NBA. I'd say Eddie Johnson might have been. A, I'm trying to get him on to talk to you today. By yeah. the way, I reached but, out uh, to him, but I think they're flying into Philly he, or something. Yeah, but he uh, he was a delight, real pro, uh-huh. real pro, and a leader. And uh, least least like that, you know, probably was Derek Smith. And, mm. I, and I apologize for saying that because I know he's passed away at an early age, but he was uh, he was a handful. Put uh-huh. that way, he was a handful. He was kind of like James Harden, who James James Harden said, uh, "I'm not part of the system. I am the system." Derek Smith kind of thought he was. A he system. was. Uh, he he didn't come in to fit in, uh-huh. you know. And that was that team had, was really close, and you know, and you traded a Mike Woodson, Larry Drew, very good guys that fit into the system, and and you're hoping, you know, get a more talented guy that would raise you. And he was probably more talented, but he was damaged goods, mm-hmm. and. So it just didn't didn't work very well and, and uh, created a lot of tension uh, on the team and with the coach. But Eddie was the opposite, right? He was going to oh. do what the team needed. Oh, and he, yeah. yeah, Eddie was – and he'd really uh, help with the young guys and set them straight. You know, pro's pro. Yeah. Just an absolute pro's pro. we got to try to get him on. Yeah, I know he's got his own show and everything, but we'll get Eddie on for you. Uh, when we come back, speaking of James Harden, can it, can it work with uh, L.A. and the Clips? How good can the Sixers be? with former NBA GM, coach Jerry Reynolds with us, answering your questions as well at 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. It's a Friday with the Drive Guys on Sacktowns. Yeah, we're just getting warmed up on a Friday. Kyle Draper in H-Town today, uh, getting ready for the Kings and the Rockets tomorrow and Monday. The great Jerry Reynolds, nice enough to join us. Thank you, Jerry, for coming in. Um, love, love it, buddy. Love it. Yeah, well, uh, I know you're 
you know, you got to get your rest this weekend because you got to get up early Sunday to watch your Chiefs play the Dolphins in Frankfurt. That game's on 6.30 our time. So. I'll be up. I'll Will be you? Up. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to miss the Mahomies. <laughs> what happened last week, by the way? Uh, I'm flu- not calling you out. I'm just yeah, asking. Well, uh, Mahomes was sick. He had the, had the flu uh, or flu-like symptoms, you know. So uh, we, we give him a pass. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, thank you for all your questions here. Coming up today, by the way, uh, Ryan Hollins, former King Now, a Rocket broadcaster, should be joining us um, at 5 o'clock. Emil Fragoso, our 49er insider, at 4 o'clock. Not much going on this week with the 49ers after the trade deadline, but we'll now that the dust has settled a little bit, we'll see where things are with them. Then it looks like is it Mark? Let me see. I don't know this guy, Mark Kreidler. Uh, do you know a Mark Kreidler? Legendary <laughs> writing talent uh, on radio many years, kind of carried you, as I recall. He did. He did. Uh, he wrote some interesting today about Bobby Knight, and given that you know you're from Indiana, I thought we could have a. Uh, it should be an interesting conversation about 5.30 uh, with Mark Kreidler and Jerry Reynolds talking about the, the passing of uh, the great Bobby Knight. So we got all that coming up, along with more of your calls and more of your questions for Jerry, including this from Andrew Cardwell. Jerry, do you feel like making the playoffs last year lifted the burden of 17 years, or do the Kings need to go further this season for that to happen? Oh, I think the burden has been lifted. Bye, bye, I mean, burden. That burden was, yeah, it was lifted. That burden uh, has flown. But now it's a new set of challenges, no doubt. I mean, it, uh, you know, certainly they proved they were a good team, surprised the league to, to a great degree, and, uh, you know, third third in the West. So all that, uh, in my mind, lifted that burden. That that uh, 16-year stretch or whatever has been put to rest. But now expectations are greater, there's no doubt, and I think – Probably most fans expect to be in the playoffs. I'm one of them. I expect to be in the playoffs. And I I would be honestly a little disappointed if they can't advance. I wouldn't say it depends on the opposition as much, which you can't control that, who it's going to be or who deserves to win. But, yeah, it, it, you, you're always expecting, hey, okay, uh, they're good. We know they're good. Now show me a little more. I got the impression that, yes, it was quite an accomplishment for the Kings to get into the playoffs, but Mike Brown from day one of camp and even before that wanted to make sure that the players didn't get any any sense of having done anything yet, right? Oh, yeah. he's. I think he's pushed all the right buttons. It's remarkable. And like I say, I thought his uh, defensive adjustments against the Warriors Mm -hmm. in the second time around really was terrific and kind of gave the Kings a chance to win because you controlled Curry. Mm -hmm. About time, huh? Oh, boy, is it? (laughs) Of course, I mean, every team in the league saying about time. Yeah, you know, I know. You I know, know, I mean, just absolutely marvelous player. But I know you're like all Kings fans getting tired of the night, uh, night, and the oh, I could, the uh, yeah. I mean, as much as I've liked him over the years, I'm kind of tired of all of his his uh, attention seeking deals. You yeah. know, just just be a great player. Just just be a great player. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Let's talk to Dave. Uh, joining us here, Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. How are you, Dave? Happy Friday. Dave? Dave. Going once, twice. Did we lose Dave? Sorry about that, Dave. Uh, give us a call back. We'll get you on the air. Not sure what happened, but I think it might have been on your end. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, Eddie Johnson. Oh, Eddie Johnson. I should be free. Text me around 4 p.m. your time. All right. Your guy, Eddie Johnson. Eddie, the best. Yeah. How about that? 
All right, so we got that coming up as well here uh, today on Sacktown Sports. Uh, we're just talking about James Harden. What do you think is the reason why the Clippers, you have any idea, Jerry, why the Clippers decided to make that move? Before you answer, here's a sound that I'm sure you heard. James Harden uh, yesterday talking about why he wasn't a good fit in Philadelphia. When I'm in a leash, I'm not in just shooting the basketball every time. I'm in like, I'm a, I'm a, like I think the game and I'm a creator on the court. You know what I mean? So if I got a, a, a voice to rock and, hey, coach, I see this. You know, what you think about this? Then it's like, oh, okay. Like somebody that trusts me, that believes in me, that understands me, that I'm just not a, you know, I'm, a, I'm not a system player. I am a system. You know what I mean? So um, somebody that, that can have that dialogue with me and understand and, and, and move forward and figure out and make adjustments on the fly throughout the course of games, that's all I really care about. You know I mean? It's not about me scoring a basketball, scoring 30, 34 points. In, I, I've done it already. So um, that's what I meant by that. If you're Nick Nurse, how are you feeling about that right now? I tell you what, uh, you know, if you're Nick Nurse, and of course, not every coach he's played for for the last several years, you know, it's uh, well, it's like he said, he's he he probably is not a system player, uh, you know, uh, he's his own system. Yeah. Uh, the 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 thing I think he's starting to miss is that his system is not the same level system it used to be. Right. Uh, you know, he's there's a reason he was acquired for very little. Mm-hmm. He's not a joke. I know that. I know he's been an MVP and he led the league in assists last year. Very talented, but he just his concept of himself seems to be a little bit out of whack with reality. Can we agree with that? Oh, agree absolutely. on that? Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, certainly he's at its peak. He was one of the elite players in the league, but that's been a while. And then all the demands of trades and not getting along with teammates and coaches. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, I. I think you mentioned earlier, why would the Clippers do it? And I think probably with their history of injuries with their major stars, they're they're thinking they're getting insurance. I'm not mm-hmm. not sure they are. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, and by the way, I said how, if you're Nick Nurse, how you feel about that. Nick Nurse doesn't have to worry about it anymore. I apologize. It's not Nick Nurse's problem. It's, it's Ty, Ty Lue's problem. It's Ty yeah, Lue's. Uh, yeah. Ty Lue, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, he's an awful good uh, coach, but he, he's going to be challenged. Mm-hmm. He's going to be challenged. But for the Sixers, my, my point being the Sixers, this is a tremendous weight lifted off of them as a team, right, that he's gone and that's all resolved now. Yeah, it certainly looked like, uh, you know, the last game they played. I mean, they, they really seem like put a game together. And they've got their four or five guys who are all good. Always course, like Maxie. And, and, oh, he's Larry's a star Maxie. in the making. You know, he's a little bit about a year behind the air in that way, mm-hmm. uh, really close to just uh, elite. And then, of course, Embiid. But they, yeah, it's it's a team that, a real, a real threat in the East. Uh, Family Slagle says, I predict this Clipper team to win the NBA championship in 2016. And I think he's onto something there. Maybe uh, a little past their expiration date there. But if by chance they were able to stay healthy, a very formidable group potentially. Well, they could, yeah, they're capable talent wise if they're healthy, which that's a big if. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I think 216, right? 2016. <laughs> I mean, we've been predicting that since 2016. Yeah. I think, yeah. Seemed like. When Doc was there, right? It looked like, oh, yeah. watch out for this team. And they could never, to me, part of their problem was they could never keep their best players on the floor together long enough during the regular season for them to have the type of continuity you need in the playoffs to actually do any damage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just can't, you know, I thought we saw it last year a little bit, uh, different reasons where uh, uh, Kevin Durant was hurt 
you know, and just to join the team, then got hurt, missed a couple of weeks, and the playoff starts, and uh, they mm-hmm. flamed out pretty easy. And, uh, you know, a great, you know, great players are, you know, they need their time with their role players, that's for sure. Yeah, especially I, I would think that that would especially make a difference at the defensive end, right? Because, oh. I mean, defense in basketball seems to me that it's kind of like offensive line play in football. Everybody's got to be – got to know what the other guy's doing and when he's doing it to have the type of continuity that's going to make you effective. Yeah, because uh, individual defense is, is almost impossible to stop top score. So you, you have to have help. And to have help, you have to know where your help is coming from mm-hmm. and can you count on them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in a short period of time, I don't think you can know that. That's why most coaches say, well, you know, we're getting there and – 30, 40 games, we'll know what we've got. And I know it, as a fan, it's hard to say, well, why would it take that long? And I don't think it should take that long, but I understand where it should take 20, 10 to 20 games mm-hmm. to, to get some sort of a, a feel for your rotations, your defense, and all that. Yeah, and obviously Kings fans are hoping and the coaches are hoping that given the fact that the Kings played this system last year, that this year they would be better just by virtue of being more familiar with the system. And it's awfully early but, I mean, defensive rating-wise, I think right now they're 17th. And, again, it's just very early. But I think there are some really encouraging signs defensively for this Kings team. I, I do, too. I think they're definitely better. I think continuity's had a good bit of it. I think, uh, you know, by being together, uh, Coach Brown can make some changes or adjustments to his defense. Uh, as you, you get veteran players who've been together, you know, they, they can figure it out better. Uh I think the only disappointment, I think offensively, they're probably not as good as I thought I know, they would be. I know. That's the one thing that wasn't going to happen, right? Yeah, we know kinda, they're going to be as good offensively. Well, it's kind of like the Niners. You know, well, yeah, the defense will take care of itself. Well, it really hadn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, guys are just missing too many shots. Yeah, you got to make – well, you know, the old – I think it's true in the NBA. If you don't make your threes, you're probably going to lose at a, at a pretty good percentage. And uh, for a team like the Kings and like about – 25 others that depend on the three-point shot to win. Mm-hmm. You Would you prefer it if the teams didn't shoot as many threes as they do nowadays? You'd like he, to see it go back a little bit to the older days? Oh, I, I, I could live with it going from 50 to 25, yes. <laughs> and it's actually seeing some post play and, and some – play off the dribble in the mid-range area more. But it's not happening, is it? No. Not no, unless you get rid of the corner three. Until you is- get rid of the corner three, like Adam Silver, if he would listen to me, I guarantee people would like the game better again. Yeah. Where, where the three-point shot, it's actually a skill shot, not a little short mm-hmm. two-foot. I mean, I've said, if you're going to allow three points for that shot, then give guys 12-foot free throws occasionally. Right, right. I think I've mentioned this to you before. And I know it's way out there, so I don't like this idea, but it's an idea. I think I think the guy who uh, came up with this idea, is, his name is Tom Goldsberry, I think, and he's an analytics guy and he's an author. And he suggested that every team in the NBA, kind of like in baseball, you know, teams, have, the fences are in different places. The fields are not all the same distances. He says every team should be able to put the three-point line as far away as they want. What do you think of that? I think that's about as stupid as anything <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> So, Again, it wasn't my idea. Well, I was just wondering what you thought. Well, no, I, I know. It's just Mr. Goldsberry or whatever his name is, you better stick to something that <laughs> makes sense. So you'd have, like, teams that were better at shooting. Well, anyway, you can imagine what it would look like, kind of a an undulating line depending on where you're playing. Well, yeah, yeah. it'd be, you know, you had a team of no shooters and you have, you know, 
a 40 foot line you yeah, know, yeah. And, and if you're a bunch of like curry and clay and those guys you'd have 15 footer like like i remember in college one year they had a three-point shot that was only about 17 feet really in the, in the acc for one year and of course it just was ridiculous mm-hmm. yeah that is that is um and i know the nba and i'm pardon me here i'm trying to think if this is when you were a head coach i think it was a little after could be wrong the NBA moved the three-point line in so that it was like 22 all the way around, right? Yeah. It but was, you were uh, done coaching then, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was uh, the Mitch 95, Richmond, 96 or yeah, so. Yeah, kind of right in there, 95, 96, 97. I think a couple of years they yeah. had it. And I was, it was always interesting to me because Sharunas Marcellonis, that was his range. Uh-huh. You know, he and if you when they moved it back out, he couldn't make threes. <laughs> You know, and it's that fine line of a uh-huh. couple of feet. I mean, not saying he couldn't make them, but he couldn't make them at a winning percentage. And uh, and Mitch would still have his toe on the line. And huh? he, yeah, he'd have a toe on the line. They move it to twelve feet. He'd have his toe on the line. <laughs> We're gonna take a time out here when we come back. Look at uh, uh, the most surprising King stat that I, I don't think they're getting enough credit for. That's next year, of course. More questions for Jerry. If you got them, three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two zero eleven forty. Jerry's in for Kyle today. It's Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. We're just thinking of Kyle Draper here. In Houston, get ready for the Kings and the Rockets tomorrow. We've got Jerry Reynolds filling in and on the chat here. Jerry, we have... It's nice to sometimes have legendary Jerry on here with Whitey. So I guess sometimes it's nice. I don't know, maybe not all the time. Probably sometimes. not all the time, but, uh, you know, sometimes. Uh, one more question for Jerry. Do you think Fox can become the best Kings player in Kings history? And why? Manny Too Legit wants to know. I think, uh, yeah, I think he can become the best Sacramento Kings uh, player in history. I, I don't think he can become the best franchise player in history because that's Oscar Robertson, mm-hmm. and that, that just isn't going to happen. I mean, it's too late for that. Oscar was one of the two or three best in the world first year Yeah, and, yeah. and stayed that way. <laughs> Who so, is the best in Kings history at this point? Would you say Webb? Um, yeah, I would say Webb. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would say Webb and, and uh, you know, Mitch second. And I, I really think uh, De'Aaron has passed Mitch. Even really? Though, yeah, I do. I mean, now. I mean, that's a my, Hall of no, as you but, well know. Yeah, I mean, now the difference is Mitch did it for four or five years in a row. And so this is the second year for Fox. So, you 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 know, you still got to count the whole deal. But, you know, at, at the same stage of career and the kind of year he had. So, so there's every reason to believe he'll pass Mitch. And I think uh, C-Webb as well. So wow, and and I, like the only two guys I would put ahead of him franchise would yeah. be Oscar Robertson and Nate Tiny Archibald, who was abs- like a lot like uh, uh, De'Aaron, and and he did it longer before he had a Achilles injury, which mm-hmm. still uh, he was a quality player, but right. ne- never the dominant player. That's two of the my most favorite things that Kings have done since I've been here is that they retired. And I remember they, I think they brought both of them. I know big O was here. They retired their numbers and, and they had ceremonies for him in Sacramento for Oscar Robertson and, and, uh, and tiny Archibald. Yeah, no, it really, I think uh, the Kings have done a lot of things, right. That's another one, uh, you know, and cause it is part of the franchise, obviously, uh, you know, for people like me, remember, them in Cincinnati Royals. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't go back to the Rochester. Rochester World. Seagrams, you didn't go to a lot of those <laughs> Did games. not go to any of those. Uh, but uh, the, I really followed followed the Cincinnati Royals. And then, you know, I, I was really up close and personal with the 
Kansas City came because I watched every practice and went to. That's when you first kind of yeah. became connected with the franchise. Yeah, you know, right? I was a college division coach there in Kansas City, where at Rockhurst University, where uh, a Jesuit school, where the uh, Kings practice site was. You know, they didn't in those days teams didn't have their own practice facilities; they'd practice at colleges or or somewhere like that. So I so it was really great for me, and that's the reason I took the job. I kind of wanted to. Uh, be associated with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought of you yesterday. Maybe you saw this number, and it's true. And this is nothing against Domas. This is a fact, and he's not the one that uh, that noticed this. But Domas became the first Kings player franchise history since Oscar Robertson to go. I think it's ten, ten, and five his first four games. That's true. Okay, but I looked it up. Obviously, Oscar wasn't going like eleven, eleven, and you know no. six. No, he was thirty-seven points. 14 rebounds, 29 points. Yeah. So it was a whole different deal there. So, yeah, technically 10, 10, and 5, but Oscar was doing a lot more than that. Yeah, you can always play that game to a degree. And, uh, you know, and, yeah, it's a bonus to his credit. That's right. He fills the stat sheet as few big men do. Right. And he does it every every night, which is even more impressive. But Oscar, like you say, Oscar didn't just fill it. He just gagged on it. I mean, you know, it was, like, say, 31 points – 12 assists, 10 rebounds, yeah. you know, from the guard position. So, mm-hmm. just dominant, dominant player. Yeah. My hope is that we can get Jerry Lucas's number retired uh, this year. And, uh, but I don't know. That's it's, it's not something that people care that much about. But I'm I'm not giving up on that one, Jerry. Well, he should. It should be. Yeah. It absolutely should be. One of the 75 best players. Absolutely. If you're, yeah, one of the 75 best, you ought to get your jersey up there. Here's a number, just looking at some Kings numbers, not to get bogged down in stats. But I, this really – jumped off the page at me. Uh, it's a number that I think the Kings don't get enough credit for. Uh, right now, Jer, the Kings are number two, second best in the league in turnover percentage. So that, you know, that number, it's not necessarily total turnovers, but given your possessions, they're second in the league at basically taking care of the ball, a team that does like to get out and push pace a little bit. I think that's a very impressive number. It is, and because of the way they play, and as fast as they play, that's a real credit to the players and coaches. And I think you can maybe to narrow it down a little bit, I think you know that Fox and, and Domas are controlling the ball a lot and they have good assist to turnover ratios. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where it needs to start. And, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, uh, the team's doing so many things well, it just uh, start making your threes better and mm-hmm. and – a lot of good things can happen. Yeah, and I know Kyle wasn't happy when I brought this up yesterday, and I don't know, maybe you would disagree as well, but I do think Malik, who is fabulous, and let's you know pray that they bring him back next year, I think the last game or so, sometimes the fact that he hasn't played a lot of point guard, he gets a little overexposed. I think you know he played a lot more point guard last year than we thought he would, and he's an excellent passer and distributor. I think, especially the last game, I thought he was over dribbling a little bit. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm nitpicking. But you know, he's not really a natural point guard. He's he's not really a natural point guard. And I think you know, being put in that position, yeah, I think he tends to try to do too much. Yes, yes. And uh, you know, he's feeling like he has to, and he really doesn't. He's yeah. good enough to be productive just doing yeah. what he does. So yeah. yeah, I would agree with you there. And I mean. Yeah, he's a and he did save the game. I mean, he's against the Lakers. He they don't win that game without him. Obviously. No, yeah, he's you know six man of the year caliber for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So hopefully they can bring him back uh, next year. Uh, but you, we, we, you think the Kings are shooting too many threes. They just got to start making more, don't they? Kevin Herter, this thing with Kevin Herter, no one can question his effort, but he's got to start making shots. And Keegan got to start making more shots. Yeah, that, I think that's – I mean, I think they should shoot quite a few threes. I, I'm not too sure about what they don't shoot too many, uh, to be honest. I, I mean, the Especially idea, when they're not going in, right? Yeah, I mean, what you want to do is, is get shots you can hit. And uh, high percentage, you know uh, – like say with Fox in particular, late in games, well, he's getting the 10, 12 foot shots that he hits 80% of. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes more sense than a 33% three point shot mm-hmm. and plus a better chance of drawing fouls. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that the team could be a little more selective. And I, I think since uh, I really think Keegan is looking too much for a shot, to be truthful, I know. There's a lot of criticism. Well, he's got to shoot every time he's open. Well, I think he's shooting sometimes when he's not, and it's a tough shot. So I because I, he's know, feeling I, like he's being asked to do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, he's, I don't think there's a selfish bone in his body, uh, but uh, you know, he's like every other shooter. It's you know, he needs to be comfortable when he shoots it. Mm-hmm. What you did know? you think of the defense he played on Steph Curry in the last game? I thought it was terrific. You know, I think we're seeing, you know, just remarkable improvement from him as a basketball player. You know, his defense, his aggressiveness, he's rebounding better. And I think you can see, you know, if you, that uh, under normal pr- progression, you know, as a player, he could be an all-star level player. I wouldn't say, you know, in a couple of years, if he, he could, the way he can shoot and play defense. So, yeah, he's – Kings, uh, man, they're going to be happy with him a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think they got to be happy so far with the way Colby Jones has played, right? He's not nowhere near a – I'm not saying he needs to get major rotational minutes, but given the fact that he was a second-round pick and it seems like he's just unflappable and it seems like, you know, they asked him to play a little bit against the Warriors. Whatever you need him to do, he's he's up for the task so far. Sure, it seems that way. You know, I, I'd said at the draft, I'd actually watched him with Xavier a good bit, and, and you know, he's a real complete player. Yeah. It always reminded me, and I, and I think there's, as it's turned out, maybe I was sort of right, he reminded me of Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, yeah. You know, and Brogdon was a second-round pick. You know, people said, well, he, he's really good all around, but he's not really – He was a rookie of the year, wasn't he? Rookie of the yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, that was Malcolm. I mean, he wasn't a great athlete, but a good athlete. You know, and I think Kobe's the same way. Good athlete. That's a good that one. Has a, that. that has really uh, the fundamental. He's sound. Mm-hmm. He's really sound, so you can plug him in. A lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, very promising. Hey, when we come back, Jerry, I know you've been looking forward to talking about this, uh, the uh, the in-season tournament. It's- oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm getting <laughs> nervous thinking about it. Well, tell you why, the NBA is all in on the in-season tournament when the Drive Guys with Jerry in today come back on Sacktown Sports.